I'm fucking gay. Set an open course for some man's meat. I'm looking to skeet and suck some dong. My voice cracked. On board, I'm the captain. So fuck my holes and I'm by. Oh Lord, I'm by. And I'll suck your hog. Dun, 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 I'm fucking gay. I'm fucking gay. Come take a skeet in me. Hell yeah. That one just got in my brain. That's a good one, man. The hits. I'm so glad to be back, brother. You got Ooh. Buddy Lloyd over here, old mm. KP over here. Bringing it. Jesus Christ, man. It's a good day. What when a it's day. a great day Need to be a spy, I got a big old mouth and I'm sucking off guys. There's a hard hog in my butt. It feels good. I hope it keeps pounding just like he should. Yeah. That gay Travis Tree would be fucking awesome. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> what other fucking song did he have? Trouble. I smell B U T T F U C K I N G. You just smell butt fucking, dude. Yeah, yeah. It stinks. Yeah. Woo. It's got a smell. It's got a certain type of aroma. Yeah. You got dick, lubricant, and butt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a tire being made. <laughs> <laughs> God damn, yeah, dude, it smells like Walmart tire and lube. Yeah. Walmart. Well, man, it's been a great week. I'm sipping on a hard, hard Mountain Dew. It's so good, dude. Yeah, yeah. You want the other one? Yeah, dude. Okay. Can I, can I have it? Yeah. Hell yeah. Set it open course and come suck me. <laughs> dude, just, I, there's, you know, if you're a listener of this show, you know what I'm all about. And it's just taking rock songs. And making them gay. I've lived this life. I started having these types of voices come into my head as a young man. But I'm not gay. I'm cursed. If I was gay, I feel like I could take this to the highest level and just get sucked 24-7 for the great songs that I write. But man, this is a special week because we finished the Clinton Trilogy Three episodes about Bill Clinton getting sucked, killing people. So if you didn't check that out, please go back and do so. A lot of people hate it when we do three parts. No one ever says they hate it, but the numbers always go down. So if you're one of those people, I promise the three-part doesn't suck. It was one of the better ones we've done. We've been loose, having a good time on the podcast. So if you've tuned out of it for a while and you're just tuning back into this one, go back, man. We're back. Buddy's about to drink a hard Mountain Dew. Then he doesn't drink, he's going to get plowed. Yeah, man. It's so good, dude. Mm. How refreshing is that? What the fuck? It's crazy. This taste tastes like Diet Dew. Wow, man. And there's no burn to it. You got to chill. Instantly. Instant chill. First Instantly. sip, you got to chill. You know, all I'm going to do is, man, I'm tired, dude. You know, like when you drink a lot of alcohol, people get tired. I don't. Yeah, uh, I mean, it energizes you. It gives me energy. Do you feel like you got a jolt dude, right there? That's why I charged up. I'm glad. I hope this has caffeine in it, dude. That'd be sick. Oh, that would prayers man this is pretty crazy it's got to be the best seltzer right 
Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have the weird seltzer taste to it. You it's can't insane. Taste booze in it. That's, I know, that's another insane, thing that's crazy, dude. man. The guy at the Phil. gas station was like, "That'll get you in trouble." I was like, "What do you mean?" He's what? like, "Man, I drink two of those, and I'm watching TV, and I'm like, why am I smiling so much?" And so I was like, "So you're just like in your apartment drinking Mount Hard Mountain Dews and smiling, watching TV?" And he was like, "Yeah, man, it makes me happy." I was like, "Well, yeah, I get it. To each their own, bro." <laughs> He's like, "They got a watermelon one too. That's even better than that one." Which usually watermelon artificial flavor shit sucks. Yeah. Like watermelon white claws suck. Yeah, that shit does suck. That's not the one for me. But man, we're back in full swing. We got a great episode for you guys. I'd do like a salted watermelon. Though. One of the one of Buddy's favorite subjects of Black Panther. Yeah. You love Black Panthers. Yeah, dude. The OG ones, not the new ones. Just like the re- the rebellious nature. Yeah, well, it's of it. just like the most punk shit you could do, man. It's like yeah. you are here's my thing about like all this anarchist shit and all this stuff is like everybody. Talked about Antifa and all this. Like, dude, they're all fucking, they're all kids. They all think they're anarchists. They're not. They like the right, they like the left side. I thought you were about to say the rock. No. <laughs> it's like, like if, you, rock. if you were like, I hate Trump, but I'm pro Biden or I'm pro Obama or I'm pro, it's like, you're not an anarchist. Sure. Okay. So that means you, you are cool with the government. I am not cool with it. I don't fucking like them. Know your role and topple the establishment. And so, finally, The Rock has come back to Seattle. <laughs> but the thing is, is like, all the shit the Black Panthers were up to were fucking awesome. Where it was like, they weren't getting treated right. There was nobody keeping them safe. So, they just basically formed their own protection service for their neighborhoods. And then they also started feeding kids in the community. They were they didn't have money. They they couldn't afford stuff. So and they're trying to educate them after school program. Yeah, I mean they were legit socialists, and yeah. at a time where they were really needed, and they did a lot of changes. I mean, in several of the most urban impoverished communities, they set up a socialist network where they kind of pushed local politicians out and took over and helped businesses run, kept businesses secure. Tried to make the neighborhoods only shop at the neighborhood stores so yeah. that way the money stayed within the neighborhood and help people kind of like plan a future. Keep drugs out. Keep drugs out and feed people and just keep it moving and try to make a sustainable area all of their own. Very yeah. commendable. So we're talking about one of the most famous figures in the Black Panther movement this Also week. probably like the hardest. This dude is probably the hardest. Harder than fucking... Uh, Huey P. Huey P. Hard. Tupac. Dude. The original Tupac. Yeah, Tupac dude, Amaru. This, this motherfucker's hard, man. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. Well, the topic this week is George Jackson right here on Death Metal. Right. A sud gets my fucking vocals going, man. I'm just glad you're in a good state of mind because you were kind of being a fruit. Man, I'm allergic to not alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't have no energy, man. And this gets me going. Okay. But I know that if I do this, I get fat all the time. If I do this every day. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, it's hard on your liver. It makes your body process shit all crazy. Yeah. Fucks your metabolism. 
Hertz hypertrophy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you drink a couple one time a week, it ain't going to hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where we're at, doggy. Mm. Tipping back. And I've been really wanting to try this Mountain Dew. So when I saw these kind of fucking eagle on the front, yeah, the screaming, raging eagle, brother. It's incredible. I mean, they know their they know their are their audience. Yeah. Like if I could put a bandana on my head right now, COVID really fucked up bandanas. Kind of, but dude, guess what we have at work? Bandanas, cooling bandanas. Put <laughs> one on tomorrow. We need them, dude. Yeah. For our business, you gotta meeting. get them. You gotta get them wet. <laughs> yeah, you can get them wet. Is that they, what you do? Is get cool, them wet. Time on, dude. Oh, they cool, man. <laughs> they cool, yeah. Yeah, I got long hair too, so I can do the thing where you like. Pull your hair over it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really send it back to the 1960s, brother. Put on some Joe Walsh and pull it out. Damn. <laughs> Damn it's getting hot. Rocky Mountain Gate. You couldn't get much buyer. Hell yeah. I've been sucking and slurping on some wing. What a great song. Yeah. What yep. the Black Panthers listening to, you think? James Brown. Good soul music, dude. Yeah. I like that shit too, man. It's rules. But you don't like the Red Hot Chili Peppers? No. It's absurd. Yeah, I don't dislike them. I just don't. I'm not uh, hot for them like you. When you turn 35, yeah. your body just says, it's time. Yeah. You like this particular uh, episode. You'll love the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, definitely for reading material, check out Blood in My Eye. This is, it's about his time in prison and some of the stuff that happened. Um, also, Soul Dead Brothers, really good book. But uh, fucking, just, it's just, it's all the shit that, it, like all these fucking dorks, college dorks, think they're, they're cool and they're making their change and all stuff. These motherfuckers were doing it, man. Yeah. They and made like, a change by force. This shit about Storm of Capital, Storm of the Capital, this shit was fucking stupid. Oh, that's Dude, back in the news. The stuff again. that these boys do is fucking hard. It's crazy that that's back in the news. Let it go. Yeah, yeah. This is a dark. It was one of the darkest days no, in our country. Wasn't it? Shut the fuck up. It was nerds. Yeah. What? New exactly. They didn't do anything. Like you actually bought into the crazy. I'm hard. I back cops. I got guns. I'm in a militia. I'm a fat fuck. That's like the same type of people that did Taekwondo their whole life and think they can kill you. Oh, yeah. It's the same shit. I mean, dude, just liking police and trying to overthrow the government is the funniest. Yeah. 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 But, you know, they think like a terrorist group has infiltrated the government and that's... Oh, it's not the police at all. Yeah. All right, man. Jackson was born September 23rd, 1941 in Chicago. He was raised by a loving mother and father, giving particular attention by his grandfather, George Papa Davis. At age 15, he was imprisoned at a youth facility in California after several juvenile convictions. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, being young and wild yeah. happens. Probably breaking windows, getting in fights. Maybe. Trying yeah. to find ways to get pussy. Or maybe just drinking. Being in the wrong neighborhood at the wrong time with the wrong color, too, man. Yeah. Yeah. Capture, imprisonment is the closest thing to being dead that one is likely to experience in his life, is what he wrote in Soul Dad Brother. When told to do something, I simply played the idiot and spent my time reading. The absent-minded bookworm. I was in full revolt by the time my seven months were up. At age 18, Jackson was convicted on dubious evidence of a gas station robbery of $70. He was captured and brought to prison when he was 18 years old because he couldn't adjust. And that, 
this uh, George Jackson is a great example of being institutionalized. Yeah. Because when you're young, you're in and out of the system, and it seems like there's no way to get out of that, and you adjust to a lifestyle of you have to have someone tell you when to get up, when to go to bed, when to eat, when to brush your teeth, when to wash your ass. It's very hard to adjust to being your own boss when you yep. get out of that. Yep. And also, like, all the people you're around are constantly scheming and talking about different ways to get over on people, and that enters your mind. And he was reading a lot. He was reading a lot of, uh, you know, radical 60s books about how to overthrow the government, socialism, nihilism, communism, and just, uh, you know, your young man melting pot of how you can make a difference and unfortunately for him it was like a violent well, it's not unfortunate i mean you have to be violent to overthrow the government yeah but that's what he wanted to do but he was also at the same time being intentionally institutionalized yeah yeah you know he's like reaching out side of of that cell to try to find anything he can to to get himself out of it yeah you know while he's in there Based on prior arrests, Jackson was sentenced to between one year and life, which is like such a crazy sentence, yeah. dude. That's that, and you know, for seventy dollars in the time period we're in, the absolute racism and suppression, just yeah. based on being a black person. Sure, one year to life. Like, how do you come up with that? You could be in there for one year. You could be in there until you fucking die because you stole seventy. And we don't have proof of it either. Yeah. It's just we're assuming so because you're arrested so many times as a juvenile. He got shipped off to California's San Quentin prison, which is a gnarly fucking prison. The intermediate sentence declared by the judge would incentivize good behavior. So the idea was that if he was good while he was in jail, it'd be the shorter end of it. But if he acted up, he was going to be there forever. Yeah. And of course, prison officials thought he was a problem. And he was doing things like organizing sit-ins. He taught martial arts, which they were probably hilarious. But back then, just probably some karate. Shit. karate. Yeah. yeah. Taught martial arts to other inmates to fight back against the ever-present abusive prison guards. And there was no cameras back then. Yeah. So you can guarantee that prison guards were being fucking assholes. And yeah. beating on people, organizing fights between inmates, taking shit away, raping them. Yeah. Way more violent than even now, because there was no accountability whatsoever. Sure. Just your word against theirs, yep. that never works out. Yep. Introduced to radical politics by fellow prisoner W.L. Nolan, Jackson was soon leading study groups on Marx and Mao and became a revolutionary. He said, I met Marx, Lenin, Trotsky, Ingalls, and Mao when I entered prison. And they redeemed me. While in prison... Jackson was appointed field marshal by the Oakland chapter of the Black Panther Party and was tasked with recruiting more prisoners. Throughout the 1960s, Jackson wrote frequently from behind bars about the consciousness of prisoners. In 1969, he wrote, There are still some blacks here who consider themselves criminals, but not many. Believe me, my friends, the time and incentive these brothers have to read, study, and think, you will find no class or category more aware and more embittered, desperate, or dedicated to the ultimate remedy, revolution. The most dedicated, the best of our kind, you'll find them in the Folsom, San Quintins, and Soldads. They live like there was no tomorrow, 
And for most of them, there isn't. In 1966, Jackson, Nolan, and a prisoner named George Big Jake Lewis were alleged to have founded the Black Gorilla Family, a prison and street gang from inside San Quentin. This is contested history, however. For decades, anything attaching Jackson's name to an active gang allowed the California Department of Corrections to deem contraband for all materials related to the black revolutionary ergo any material that he had that pointed to some sort of slight to institutions or government was ruled as contraband and marked him to stay in prison for longer on january 13th 1970 nolan and two other black prisoners were killed by a corrections officer at soldat prison three days after the killings were ruled justifiable homicide. A guard named John V. Mills was killed. Despite lack of evidence, Jackson and two other prisoners, Fleta, Drumgo, and John Wesley Clutchett, were all charged. Together, the three became known as the Soldad Brothers. A conviction spelled an execution in the gas chamber at San Quentin. Yep. The state of California was trying desperately to kill it's incarcerated revolutionaries. They just have to, you know, it's like the not no accountability, like the worst possible, like, you know, people who just have shitty behavior problems are getting these jobs. And they're also working with people that have like bad behavior problems. Yeah. And then you also have people like him who really didn't do anything to get in there. Like, and I guess I should say this isn't all based on George Jackson. It's like the Soldat Brothers thing, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, like, to me, an important part of history that people have forgotten about. Yeah. Where, like, if, you, if you're if you about this kind of shit and all that, and you don't know what the, this stuff, then you're A, a fucking poser. Poser. Or B, you just need to read up on it. Yeah. You know, educate yourself on it. But, so hopefully we'll shine some light to you young communists out there. Yeah. Well, I don't even care about that, but just, like, fucking, <laughs> you know, just, like, being an anti-authoritarian, there is a certain way to do it. You know, there's a smart way to do it. Just so happens that prison is a battleground during this time period, especially because there's no accountability. So they have to be their own accountability. They're they're having to walk through the halls of this prison with each other and keep each other protected. Because it's not only just, you know, the police you got to worry about. It's probably the Aryan Brotherhood or any other type of like white power gangs, too. So that, you know, all the you, they're not talking about white power dudes getting killed. You know, that wasn't happening. It's because all these fucking cops were probably white power dudes. Probably. You know. So, they are probably all white. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's who was getting hired in the 1960s and 70s. Yeah. So. What do you think about that group in Idaho right now? I don't even know anything about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're the Patriot Front. Mm-hmm. They're like trying to take over a town and make it all white. Oh. But some of the same principles of socialism. Really? Huh. Yeah, kind of. I don't know. But I I definitely don't agree. I don't think, here's the thing, here's a very important differential besides like, well, if the Black Panthers can do it, why can't we do it? Well, the Black Panthers had no desire to exclude white people. Yeah. Well, like, and here's my thing is I'm not a communist or a socialist or anything. I would say I'm probably like tribalist. I would rather just have a group of people that I know and trust. And you don't mean that area. in the charged way of like you want to be around white people. You mean like no, just you have a, in general people. You want to be around your friends. Yeah, I, I want to know like if I go, hey man, I'm going to go out here and do this. My kids are going to be watched. 
by these people and nothing's going to happen to them. Whereas like you got this huge community of people that you don't know, don't trust. You just have to go base it on like whatever their Yelp review is or whatever the fuck. It's fucking crazy, man. Or like, you know, it's just, I, I feel like smaller groups of people should live together and know each other as opposed to this big fucking concrete jungle we live in now. I, yeah. You know, like neighborhoods of just yeah. people, you, sh- you know, shouldn't be having to like worry about getting fired or getting up at a certain time and go to work. It's just like, you just like, you're working on the things that are within that community. You're gardening, you're doing farming shit. You're fucking, you know, it's like, it sounds like a commune, but it's, it's not. Well, it kind of is. Yeah. Then the government makes no money. So you're not allowed to well, do it's that. It's a commune because, you know, before it was tribes, the communes is a thing that came up, but it makes you sound like you're a communist. Sure. It makes you sound like you're against the government, which if you are, you're just a tribalist. If you're trying to live in a smaller group of people. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, that's ideal. It's scenario. like real democracy, basically. Just being kind of a minimalist and having people that know how to do X, Y, and Z, and they're able to take care of X while you take care of Y. The other person takes care of Z, and you're interlocked, and you're in communion with one another, and you all make sure each other's needs are met, where that rather than focusing on just your own needs. And you have more free time to do the things you want to do. Yeah. You know? If somebody's doing something they're not supposed to do, then you get together and you fucking figure out what their punishment should be. Right. Or next communicate their ass. Kill them. They're doing something real fucked up, you know? Yeah. So. On August 7th, George's brother, Jonathan, was a 17-year-old high school student from Pasadena. He took several hostages at the Marin County Courthouse, including a judge, and demanded freedom for the three incarcerated men. Four people were killed in the ensuing shootout, including Jonathan and the judge. Hundreds of miles away, Angela Davis, who had been recently fired from the University of California, Los Angeles for inflammatory language, was charged in relation to the shootout because the guns used by Jonathan were registered in her name. Upon her capture, Richard Nixon congratulated the FBI for apprehending the most dangerous terrorist in the country. Davis would later be acquitted in a trial that would go down in the annals of the black power movement. She's one of the most dangerous terrorists of all time. Richard Nixon was a crazy fucking president, dude. He was just oh, hammered yeah. the whole time. Yeah. Fucked up. Trying to do like the war on drugs is basically where it started. Yeah. It was with Nixon. But he was fucked off popping quaaludes. And he does have some cool fucking sound bites. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Unfortunately, some of them are racist, but the funniest thing ever is when they ask him about the Bohemian Grove. Have you heard that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he was like, like, what did you what did you do this week? And he's like, oh, went down to the Bohemian Grove. Yeah? He's like, God, it's just the faggiest thing I've ever seen before. It's a bunch of queers dressed in robes, doing drugs, and having homosexual sex in the woods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The fackiest thing he's ever seen, dude. That's pretty cool. Yeah. He also calls, you know, people monkeys and slopes. Oh, it's wild, man. He's drunk, dude. Yeah. He's just up there fucking hammered. And doing crazy stuff, too, man. Like, a lot of Nixon's problem was Hoover, though. Yeah. Well, Hoover. Hoover's a fucking kook. Yeah, man. Yeah. He was a they-them before Yeah, that was a thing. He struggled with it. He sure did. Today, he could have just come out. Yeah. People would have loved him. Yeah. Or them. Yeah. Imagine they, them, Hoover. That'd be sick. You know who the original they, them was? Who? Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Sure. 
The way, the truth, the light. Yeah. They them, brother. They do, man. He really is multiple in one. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Maybe such like a dude, that's such a youth minister thing to do where, you know, they're like, you know, who else liked to rock? The Lord. Yeah. Now he'll bring a congregation of 500 together and turn the water into wine. Bust out some fish and bread for everybody. Just get down to the basics. Kind of like Woodstock. I would, dude, I would love just somehow become a youth minister to just like you know like guys we're gonna celebrate pride month here and a lot of people aren't gonna like that but i'll tell you what man you know who was the they them jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) that would be cool man being a youth minister and just like pushing the boundaries yeah not the way they normally push it by having sex with kids, but by just like saying shit like that. Oh yeah. So fucking funny. They try to do shit like that all the time. That's though. what I'm saying, dude. Yeah. There's like edgy youth ministers who are always just like, now a lot of people in this church don't agree with you being a fruit, but I'll just say, I know you're a nice, special young man. And even though you're sinning, Jesus did die for your sins. So carry on. You make yourself happy, but at the same time, I hope you come. Man, you know what they did? You know what they had whenever I was in, in uh, youth? Dude, they had this book where you could look up a band that you liked that was secular. Oh, yeah. And I then, seen the book, brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Correlate it. it. Then, yeah. And like basically, the only thing at that time was mortification, you know? So I was like, oh, God. No one got it. Like, this is actually pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah. I didn't get mortification. It was just like, dude, I had a... It wasn't even the youth minister. It was like a parent that was like a helper yeah. in a thing. And he was like, just totally blew it. He's like, now nah, I know you love like Limp Biscuit, 311, and Corn, uh, Metallica. He's like, now nah, I got all these CDs for you. He gave me Jars of Clay, Supertones, Third Day, <laughs> Supertones, uh, Skillet. Yeah. But Skillet was like not the same Skillet yeah, that they yeah, are now. Yeah. And I think this Skillet's a Christian rock band, but there was one that was like a... I got sucked into going poppy. to the, some fucking Christian show with Seth. Dude, I watched Jars of Clay live in Silverdar City. Oh, yeah. I saw DC Talk. Hell, yeah. We did this. We went to... Uh, it was a two-for-one thing because it was one of those fucking hell houses. You ever been to one of those? Oh, yeah. Like, dude, that is Halloween. crazy, dude. Yeah. It's like a haunted house. So you walk in and they just have like, like it's acted out. It's not a traditional haunted house where stuff just jumps out at you. And like the first thing is like, "Woo, man, I'm so stoked to be partying with y'all, man. It's time for me to just cut loose. I've been having so much pressure put on me at school. I'm just going to rip these beers and smoke this weed, man. It's going to be awesome. They're like, hell yeah, dude. We got so much weed and so much beer. We're going to go crazy tonight. He's like, yeah, I just got to be home by midnight. And then the next scene is him behind the wheel like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is a lot of fun. I'm having a great time. Pow. And they've like explosion and the lights are flashing yeah, and shit. And yeah. then the next one is a actual car flipped upside down. You're outside at this point. You've yeah. gone through the church. It's on fire, dude. People are crying at the thing. There's like an ambulance there. Blood and guts everywhere, just on the ground, dead as shit. Fucking next scene is the parents like, I cannot believe this. We loved him so much. Our life is ruined. And then the next one, you're back in the church for a funeral. 
and then you're walking into the church and they crank. They've got a room with the thermostats cranked. Yeah. Now you're walking into hell, dude, and they got smoke machines going off, dude, and the devil's there, dude, and he's torturing Johnny. Yeah. And you're just like, holy shit, this yeah. is what it's like when you die. And so we got done with that, and then got rocked by DC Talk. Yeah. Well, that's cool, but. That was going on my church, too. Then after all of that, me and old Brian Webb had a couple of hooters on us. We went and smoked them. <laughs> I drove? <laughs> no, we didn't have a car. Yeah. We just me in the car with my grandpa, hooters on the side. Like, Man, if he smells this, we're fucked. Yeah. You know, I was always terrified that he was going to fuck. You would think that he would. But it was like good shit. Mm-hmm. So it was. Like, it's different than the weed. He, that was like the 80s. 80s? Yeah. Like 80s and 90s weed was like fucking, it was like hydroponic shit oh, back then. It was yeah. all like dirty. I thought you were saying you were in the 80s. It was like, dude, how old are no, you? No, 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 no. Yeah, no. weed in the 80s. <laughs> Man, it always just smelled like fucking pine trees or something. Yeah, yeah. Skunk in the car. Skunk smells bad, we're, you know. Where's skunk in the car? Where you boys get sprayed? had a deaf friend named Josh that would always fucking kill me during the youth thing because he was fucking dirty as hell and just... Had the wildest like pussy jokes. Who just signed like the stinky vagina jokes. My grandpa thought they were hilarious, but he would do it in the middle of that dude and like make weird deaf noises. And you can't get on to him because he's, he's deaf, deaf, but yeah. he knows it. So he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Man. Sure. I was a terrorist in youth group. Hell dude. yeah, me too, man. I told, like, the, <laughs> I told the guy to lose fucking weight, and he slapped my Bible out of my hand. I was like a dad. Yeah. And he was like, just like point, put his finger in my chest. And I was like, my grandpa will kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, am I like, my whole game in youth is that I knew the Bible in and out too. So that we'd have like, and I would just argue about shit just for no reason. Well, I mean, the reason was to just fuck stuff up. And oh, the guy yeah. would just get so mad until he tried to have gay sex with me. And then that happened to me too, man. He got me back pretty good, I would say. Yeah. But he was so frustrated with me, dude. He'd always pull me aside and be like, you got to go over to the school and be a leader. He's like, I mean, God's worked through you. You know, I'll tell you how I learned so much about the Bible, dude, is we, there used to be like, contests where like they would just ask questions about the bible and i'd be the only person that would know shit and i would just crank i would get all the prizes dude all the sweets and treats and little trinkets and shit i was a king had like all those cool erasers and shit that they would give you remember the eraser that was a brain and it was squishy yeah had that (laughs) got all types of prizes bro i was the man and i just i still got the knowledge but i had the knowledge then and I could just have points, and the guy would be like, that's not what it means. He's like, that's literally what it says. What are you talking about? How is that not what it means? Yeah. Like, well, now, when Jesus, here, this was always the youth minister thing. I'm sure the whole church, too, but definitely the youth thing, where it's like, you know, when Jesus went to the temple after he died, and he tore the curtain down, he, what he was basically saying was that the Old Testament didn't matter anymore. Now he had, like, direct communication with him. I was like, that's, t- so you're telling me, that because Jesus said, tore the old temple down, that God didn't flood the earth. That it's not how it works. You can't, like, take it back. Yeah. And then flooding the earth is sick, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a cool move. He just made water worlds, and only one dude had a boat. Yeah. And we're all descended from him. And, like, all the incest that went on, dude. Yeah. You had Adam and Eve. They had Cain and Abel. Now, there's only one woman at this point. So how did Cain and Abel have 
Yeah. They had to bang Eve. Yeah, that's why our eyes are so far apart. You, know? <laughs> you think we'd have real close ones? Yeah. I thought they got closer when you were spazzed. Sometimes. Did you hear about Lizzo today? Uh-uh, she got one. She got in trouble for saying spaz. What? She had a lyric that was like, talking about trying to fight somebody where she was like, I'm a spaz. And people were like, that is an ableist slur. Ableist? Yeah. What the fuck? I guess a spaz means retarded. Oh my God. It's what the world's like right now. But the thing is, when you're someone like Lizzo, who is like, everyone's hateful. Yeah. And they could say horrible things and I'm not for that shit. And then I'm you say spaz yeah. and people come for you. You have to be like, I'm so sorry. I'm changing it. That's a terrible thing. I can't believe I did that. Yeah. Spaz. Spaz. Wow. How spaz a slur. Man, what a soft fucking world, dude. Oh, yeah. So we got to get back to what's going on in this story. If we I got am, back brother, to this, man, I'm people are hard, you know? These are hard people. We were at where... Richard Nixon was stoked. Yeah. Jackson would dedicate his first book, the collection of writings and letters titled Soul Dad Brother, the prison letters of George Jackson to Jonathan, Angela and his mother, Georgia Bay. He says to the man child, tall, evil, graceful, bright eyed, black man child, Jonathan Peter Jackson, who died on August 7th, 1970, courage in one hand, assault rifle in the other, my brother, comrade, friend, the true revolutionary, the black communist guerrilla in the highest state of development. He died on the trigger, scourge of the unrighteous, soldier of the people, to this terrible man-child and his wonderful mother, George Bay, to Angela Y. Davis, my tender experience, I dedicate this, does that mean he fucked her? I dedicate this collection of letters to the destruction of their enemies. I dedicate my life. The Soldat Brothers sold over 400,000 copies and can be purchased only at prison canteens in the country. Yeah. A prison only book. That's crazy. Um, I got a copy of it. Well, it eventually became yeah. like widely published. But well, I had gotten a copy of it from uh, when I used to work at a treatment facility. There was a guy that came in there. Who is like really, really smart, dude? Me and I would have to do these one-on-one therapy sessions, and basically, it was just me and him talking about all this cool shit. Yeah, and he had a, his girlfriend bring a copy of that book, and he's like, "Read this." And I read that, and then he brought me uh, uh, "Blood in My Eye," and I read it, and I was like, "This is fucking sick, man!" I got into all this shit because I really liked Dead Prez. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I think that's like kind of where it came from. Is <laughs> us listening to that doing jujitsu, and I was like, man, yeah. I just like the names that they would say. Dead Prez was very interesting to me because they did like karate and jujitsu. Mm-hmm. They still do jujitsu and shit, but uh, I'm not really up on Dead Prez anymore. But I really liked them. I yeah. still like them. Yeah, I haven't listened for a while, but I would again. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like good training music. They got a lot of songs about working out and being healthy and shit. Yeah, but uh, they would say names. Ain't a lot of songs about killing cops. I like that. Yeah. They would say names and I would look the names up and like read about, you know, like Huey P. Lewis. Yeah. The shit that they did and be like, whoa, like these are bad motherfuckers. Yeah. People who took a stand. It's like what you want gangsters to be like, you know? Yeah. It was like along the way, all this stuff was going on and they figured out with like drugs, how to just make them kill each other instead of like going after government, you know? Yeah. I mean, this is the beginning of gang culture. Yeah. And uh, gangs were originally... Not necessarily an offshoot of Black Panthers, but a similar idea where they would just improve a neighborhood, protect the neighborhood, run the neighborhood the way it needs to be ran. 
uh, kind of tribalism, like you were talking yeah. about, kind of. And yeah, I mean, what happened is that the CIA sold them crack. I mean, there's another really good documentary. It used to be on Netflix. I don't think it's on there anymore. But it's uh, Stacy Peralta, the guy that from uh, Pal Skateboards. Yeah, he made a documentary about like how gangs form. It's like Blood and Crips. I think is the name of it. But dude, that, that documentary is fucking awesome because they go over all that, like the cops coming in and trying to destroy all these like black communities, and then them being so pissed off that they're taking like this all the stuff around them that the cops have fucked up and they're just throwing bricks back at them. And be like, you, you make me live here. here. You eat some of this shit. And then like, it starts talking about how it went from, they were making these kind of street games where they just watch and patrol the neighborhood and kept the cops out. Yeah. And then it turned into like what it is now. And they didn't even need cops. Yeah. Well, because again, the CIA and look, this isn't a fucking conspiracy theory. Yeah. It's well documented. I mean, they just check out freeway Rick Ross. If you yeah. haven't, I mean, this was a guy that made millions of dollars because the CIA had him traffic drugs. Yeah. And he was trafficking drugs to his own people. So a lot of this side of revolutionary people hate him, but he can give you the facts on what the CIA was doing. And that's why he almost served his life in prison. He was illiterate. He couldn't read. He taught himself how to read. I'll have to do an episode on him at some point, but he figured out how to, let everybody know this is what the government did and got set free from prison because the government was pointed out, but no one ever answered for it. Yeah. You don't hear shit about it. Nope. I mean, he's been on like Rogan before Rogan was huge. Rogan needs to have him back on. That's bullshit. Because I think he got locked back up now that he's got really. Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think he did some kind of uh, bait. He fraud. may have, but I think he's cool now because I was, he's still on social media like right now. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Maybe we get him on. Uh, yeah, I mean, that'd be a reach for us because he's huge, but he don't wants to get the word out and he should get the word out and he did get the word out and that's how he got set free from prison because they locked him up and they were the, the government is who said, you know, it's like Barry Seals and all these other people who have direct ties to the government trafficking drugs into America and, you know, having destroying black communities was just like, uh, sprinkles on the cake with what the cake was, was making money to what they were trying to find a way to off the grid get drugs from Colombia because they couldn't take government money and have a trail leading to Iran where they were supplying Iran with weapons to fight off Russia so and fight off the fascist regime in Iran they wanted to control Iran for the oil so America was trying to get their fingers in that run the country and get control of the most oil rich spot in the world the middle east and so supplying these rebels with weapons they couldn't have a trail for the pentagon to them so what they had to do is get money to buy weapons cia style where there's no trail where it's through individuals so they had to infiltrate nicaragua get weapons to the contras there get drugs from them bring the drugs back sell the drugs so these are the communities that they target to sell the drugs to take the money uh, let the drug dealers get rich, but they get 10 times as rich buy more weapons and then send them off to Iran. Yep. This was all the same swoop. This is all the same time period. It all revolves around the same thing. The FBI had the huge, they had the, probably the biggest, they probably had the, the idea for it. You know, it started around this time period, but then in the eighties, it really took off. And so the CIA definitely got a hold of it. So George Bush senior, who was head, the, he was a, a central intelligence agency director at the time. And it, um, if you are any type of uh, uh, director for the CIA, you're not supposed to run for president. 
um, but he still got it. Yeah, regardless. Sure, he didn't tell. That's when the that. war on drugs really cooked off. Yeah, yeah, of course. And that again, that was just to circle back and destroy these black communities. Well, we had to figure out how to still keep slaves. Yeah, That's right. What it all came we down needed to. free labor. Yeah. I mean, the prisons are still doing free labor today. I mean, right now, there's privately owned prisons that if you get sentenced to a federal violation, you get sent there and you make goods. I mean, they make Levi's, they make all types of shit, and then they get the money for selling the goods. The prisoners don't get the money. So the government, and then they, they prisons also had to pay the government. So they're double fisting money off of this yeah. shit. So oh. that if that's not slavery... Yeah. Then what is slavery? Yeah. Jackson, like so many rebels before and after him, was murdered by the state. His death was condemned and mourned and inspired a generation of activists. No black person will ever believe that George Jackson died the way they tell us he did, wrote author James Baldwin. Bob Dylan would eulogize Jackson in a song singing of his tears in my bed upon hearing the news. Oh, I can't believe they killed George Jackson. I'm gay. (laughs) (laughs) I would do anything to go back and suck the huge hog of George. (laughs) While Jackson's politics, like the Panthers, were a mix of revolutionary and nationalist influences, as Guyanese historian and activist Walter Rodney wrote, one year after his murder, the greatness of George Jackson. Dude, I should read it in a guy when he's accent. Hold on. The greatness of George Jackson is that he served as a dynamic spokesperson for the most wretched among the oppressed. And he was in the dangerous vanguard of the most dangerous front and struggle. He knew well what it means to seek for heightened socialist and human consciousness inside the belly of the white imperialist beast. Yeah. The great Trinidadian author and revolutionary C.L.R. James called Jackson's writings and Soldat Brother the most remarkable political documents that have appeared inside or outside of the United States since the death of Lenin, brother. It's also crazy that people like Lenin, like communist people. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, again, dude, he had some good ideas. Some people, Cali Muscle, might say Hitler had some good ideas. Yeah. But these are people who killed. Yeah. Lots of people. I mean, Lenin's got bodies, dude. Yeah. He's got way more bodies than Hitler. He yeah. makes Hitler look gay. Yeah. It wasn't an ethical killing. Ethnic. It wasn't an ethnic culling. It was just Russians getting bodied. Yeah. I mean, he starved them to death. Sure. It was crazy. But yeah, people are like, dude, what he thought, the way that he was trying to do communism, beautiful. But that's the thing, though, is when we were getting back to this whole thing about like anarchism and all this stuff, and it goes back to it. That is a government official who was able to control everything because he's a government official. He's still your fucking enemy. Well, this is the thing yeah. with like Lenin and Mao is that in their early writings and what they preached was like a very altruistic style of communism. I mean, the idea was that you shut out all outsiders and everybody took care of each other. Yeah. Everybody was equal. We all had a responsibility. We all needed to contribute to our fellow man succeeding, being fed, being housed, being clothed. 
But then what happened is they were corrupted by power. They got in. Uh, these are poor nations, and there was a lot of money going around, but where did the money go? Yeah. Only to them. And they lived extravagant, insane lifestyles while everyone else They're just the same. had to eat. I mean, the Russians yeah. ate dirt. Like, when yeah. Lenin was in charge, they ate fucking dirt. Yeah. All of them did. And when people don't understand, I, I could never understand. Like, how do you understand that you are so hungry, you're just munching grass and dirt yeah. to just hope you can take enough nutrients from that to get through the night? Yeah. So... They walk a tough line to where they had very intriguing ideas and at the core are good. And Mao, I mean, he was he he did a genocide, brother. Yeah. A huge genocide. Yeah. Killed, I mean, over I think thirty million, something like that. Something crazy. But his teachings were look, we gotta take care of each other. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying, is like that's that's like you you're trying to do that in a big construct. So it's like it's got to be neighborhood by it's neighborhood. It's got to be a neighborhood thing. You yeah. Know? It's like, you know, anything to do with race, religion, any of that. It has to do with, like, who do you trust? Bring them in. And if those people over there don't live like you, who gives a fuck? Yeah. Don't don't go over there. They won't come over here. Let them do their thing. And don't beef with them. Like, if they have rutabagas yeah. and I got asparagus, we can swap. We can swap, man. Yeah. You know, something like that. You know, it's like, you know, you have your hard lines, but then also it's like, dude, it just... If you mind your own business, it's okay. You know, that's a good thing. That's pro- that's a problem we have is this country today is, you know, everybody talks about Ukraine and how we should be on their side and all that. Dude, they're the second most sketchiest fucking country. Oh, Russia's yeah, number yeah. one. Yeah. But they're the both most sketchiest fucking countries. And they're doing the wildest shit. And, and nobody, they have been they have been fighting this fight for a long time. Yeah. I mean, and, at least eight years. And guess what? You know, we all hate fucking Nazis. Well, guess who their number one source of fucking deterrent is for the Russians? It's white nationalists. Yeah. Who are trying to get rid of the Russians. They don't want them over there. Oh, yeah. And they're like spooky white nationalists, They're dude, fucking dude. scary, man. They're like casting spells. Yeah. Doing runes. They're black metal dudes. Some of them. Some of them are yeah. just like back to the black magic roots. They're trying yeah. to like, you know, raise Hitler from the grave. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's and, crazy. And, you know, meanwhile, we get fucked. Yeah. You know, everybody over here is getting fucked. So yeah, gas like, is high because we're supposedly not getting gas from Russia. Which only makes up 3% of our gas. Which we sent $40 billion to Ukraine. Yeah. It's bananas. Which, no, money's not real. I mean, it's not like, the, like, I'm not a fucking boomer where it's like, we're suffering while I sent $40 billion to Ukraine. $40 billion's not real. Yeah. They can send us forty billion any time. It's just it's fake. Yeah, but it's just the narrative of that is how they're fucking trampling us right now. Yeah, and uh, you know, hopefully, what'll happen is it'll be like the eighties again yeah. in a few years. Well, really, what all it comes down to is uh, the Republicans are they're usually involved in the oil industry, and they can help control the narrative of prices going up or down. The Democrats want everybody to use electric cars. So they work behind the scenes together with each other and they act like they don't fucking like each other, but we're getting fucked. Meanwhile, everybody's they're cashing in one or the other. It was like, uh, this is like the highest grossing year for the top 500 companies of all time. It was like that (laughs) when nine 11 happened. Yeah. You know? So it was just, people think that, these people have our best interest in mind, whatever. So they work together behind the scenes. It is yeah. like pro wrestling. They plan the shit out. Seriously. They plan their little arguing matches behind the scenes. And yeah. then they come out and then you believe it yeah, and man. think it's real. You're I a mean, fucking idiot. The only idiot. politician that 
you could ever trust in the history of the world is obviously Donald Trump. Yeah. He's <laughs> the only good one there's ever been. Like, George Washington, dude, he had slave teeth. Yeah. You know, Ben Franklin was a fucking philandering drunk. Yeah. Trump's the man, dude. Yeah. He gas was less than a day. He was literally 98 cents. Yeah, but I don't think I had anything to do with him. I understand that. This is a bit. Okay. okay. (laughs) Buddy, one day you'll be able to focus, pay attention in the same way I've always been able to pay attention to beautiful breasts. I've seen over 10,000, maybe 20,000, who knows, different, bouncy, juicy, jiggly breasts. Some people might say, that's too many breasts. You could have never done it. I don't say that. I know you've got one life to live, and you can see a lot of tits in one life, okay? And that's what I want for you and everybody else. If you like me again in 2020, we're going to kick out retarded Joe. He's retarded. Look what's happened to his mind. It's jello. Okay. He's got holes in his brain the size of my penis, which no one's ever complained about before. We're talking big holes. Okay. Really big holes. It's melted. He's eating so much gelatin, he can't eat solid foods anymore. It's all ice cream, pudding, jello. Who else celebrates jello? Bill Cosby. Okay. Probably drugging girls, sniffing hair. Okay. He's a pervert. He's a retarded pervert. And when I come back, one thing I'm going to do is show every person in America. 1,000 live breasts per year, okay? Can we do it? Can we make America great again? That would be the coolest campaign, man. Yeah, just showing tits. Yeah, man. Everyone's got to see him, hold him, touch him. probably vote, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Man. Yeah. It's a mess. It's all staged. It's all bullshit. They're 10 years ahead of us, dude. And they're not... I mean, they're they're 10 years ahead of us. Yeah, and you know, and the thing. Like I, have you ever worked at a fast food job, and you're just like, it could never get worse than this? But the corporates already had it planned a year before that yeah. to like cut your fucking wages in half somehow. Yeah, it, they're always ahead. People that make money know how to make money. They're not going to stop making money. They're going to find more ways to make money. I can't stop talking like this. Okay. <laughs> I can't stop it. Once I start, once the cadence sinks in, okay, it's all I can do. Even when you'll notice, you'll see when I go back to my regular voice, okay, same cadence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, it's just a fucking shit show, anyways. And like, and it's been like this forever. Yeah. You, know, you, you everybody has the illusion that everything's okay as long as we got these fat, dumb fucking phones on our hand. And they're feeding you what you should believe. Every time you turn the TV on, they're feeding you what you should believe. Pussy, pussy, pussy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, you should be believing lots of that. Yeah. 
But that's getting taken away. <laughs> they're taking, they're trampling on our pussy. <laughs> yeah, God dude. damn it! They're taking them away. They're Slowly, turning them into penises, giving, man. Feeding, trying to talk women into not eating meat and eating tofu, and killing their libidos, just ruining our lives. Yeah, dude, I'm tired of that. Shit. You want to be thin? You want to be healthy? You got to cut out the meat, okay? Eat a bunch of carbs. Carbohydrates. That's what you need. That's what keeps the body going. Carbohydrates and Virginia Slims. <laughs> God damn it, dude! But yeah, I'm a, I would love to be a, a, a '70s Black Panther. What if they, what if they what if Virginia Slims was like named after like what they call fucking meth ladies in Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> That's who's picking the tobacco. Yeah, like Virginia Slims. We got a bunch of Virginia Slims plowing the field That's right now. The name, <laughs> be beautiful. That, that'll be our namesake. Yeah. Well. In response to Jackson's murder, thousands of miles away in upstate New York, prisoners at Attica staged a show of solidarity. Journalist Heather Ann Thompson describes the morning after Jackson's murder when more than 800 prisoners gathered in the cafeteria and sat silently, not touching breakfast. Each one had a black shoelace tied around his bicep, and there's probably some big-ass fucking biceps there. yeah, dude. One month later, Attica would soon erupt in one of the most inspiring prison rebellions in history. When a teenage George Jackson was sentenced in 1960, he became one of nearly 200,000 people incarcerated in the U.S. When he was murdered in 1971, there were an additional 100,000 men and women behind bars. That's a crazy fucking growth. 11 years, 50% more people. Fast forward, and the U.S. today holds some 2.2 million people behind bars, with an additional 5 million people under the control of parole and probation. According to the recent film, The Survivor's Guide to Prison, one-third of all incarcerated females globally are in the United States, and 13 million Americans are arrested each year. Why? How? Why? Have you watched that? Yeah. That's fucking crazy, man. It's just, you know... and. Of course, this is, uh, and we, we, neither one of us are really political per se, but this type of thing brings it out on us to where I don't get bummed out because I'm at a point in my life where I can't let myself dwell on shit like this and let it hurt my well-being because even though I'm like poor, I've got everything I need. I'm happy. Would I love to have more and a better life? Of course, but I do have a pretty goddamn good life, so there's no use in complaining. That's a preface. And that goes to all of you because what we're talking about is some bummer shit, which is the reality. Yeah. And the prison system is a fu- at the bare minimum a fucking embarrassment, a yeah. great blemish on our on our, America's history. I mean, there's no country in the fucking world that does this shit. We, we just do slavery and get away with it year yeah. after year. And there's so many other issues that continuously happen. Like, how the fuck are we paying attention to Johnny Depp divorcing his cunt wife when, why aren't they blasting on this, how many prisoners we have? It, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I mean, there's a narrative. And every documentary they make about it goes to the fucking top of Netflix yeah. But like, why? How the? How are we not reforming this shit? Like, well, why is the government still, spending money? There's still old people that don't know how to use the fucking internet, and they have money. Oh, 
that's what it has to do with a lot of times. But, you know, there will be another thing that will control next generation old fucks. You know, <laughs> you know, it's just if you got well, going to be us. Yeah. And, you know, my thing is this is like, yeah, we're, we're saying all oh, shit and it's a bummer, but it's like all this stuff happened. But like George Jackson did and some of these other people, what they did was they spent their time educating themselves and just fucking exercising and getting in good shape and preparing for if something bad does happen. That is another important tenet too. It's like Black Panthers and a lot of prisoners, revolutionary prisoners, and then some other gang members that we've talked about before, like Tukey Williams. A big part of the teaching was being in shape because yeah. you can't represent yourself in the face of tyranny if you're fucking fat. And yeah. that's what they want. Think about it, man. What are you marketed? It definitely has taken a shift. And I don't know if it's me personally because I'm obviously into health and fitness. Why my newsfeed is all yeah. fitness products. It may be taking a shift to the better, but still, dude, I mean, we're getting fucking 90% of advertising is junk food, prescriptions. Well, everything you're fed. Here's the thing, too, with us is that we used to be big, 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 unhealthy fat. Fucked eating fucking pizza on a bagel. bagel I mean, bites. you know, the highlight of my of our month would be going to unlimited wing night. I mean, did they stop doing unlimited wing night at because this Buffalo Wild Wings because yeah. of us? This shit's closed down now. Yeah, so. we can blame it on them. I mean, that was years ago, <laughs> yeah. but it's like we took great joy, but we were a product of our environment. It's like we came, we both were raised by our grandparents who came from a generation of feast or famine. And when they're in feast mode, they also don't have the skills to prepare healthy meals. And they just go and buy the most convenient food possible. And what the most convenient food is, is fucking poison. So yeah. you grow your whole life just looking forward to the endorphin release you get from munching four little Debbies. Yeah. Sure, you get sick to your stomach, but you get a happy dopamine experience by eating high-sugared, high-carbohydrated processed food. And that's the idea is the design is the same with cigarettes is just to suck you well, in make it cheap. You know, you make it cheap. You, you're you know, right now. People are stealing gas out of other people's cars. So I've done that before. Yeah, I have too. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so you, but it's gotten to the point where everything's expen- expensive, but you take the thing that is the worst poison for your fucking body. It's not going to kill you right now, but it will later on. And you do that. And then you're miserable as fuck when you get off work. And you're just like, God damn it, I got to sit there and pound these fucking drinks. And then you sit there and do that. And then your kids are fighting and you're screaming at them. You're being an asshole to your wife. Your wife's pissed at you because you're being an asshole. It creates this drama. And it can create trauma and tension within your family. And it reconfigures your brain. And you don't feel like you, you don't feel like who you are as a person is enough because you're constantly told that it is cool to go, well, I'm black now. I've decided that I'm transracial. It's fucking crazy. The I don't know so that they're crazy. doing transracial so much right now, but definitely transgender. No, yeah, they're doing transgender, but what's the difference? Yeah, you know, I agree. So, but it's like, but it's also like, okay, so that's that's not looked at the way it needs to be looked at. And I'm not saying that those people are right or wrong. It's whatever. I look at it in a whole different way than some people do because I work in mental health. You work in mental health. We deal with these kind of people and we treat them and love them the same ways, whatever. But what I'm saying is people aren't happy with who they are and they're being told to change who they are and they don't know how to do that the right way. They're not going and learning how to exercise, eat the right way. They're going and buying these things that make them feel good in an instant. 
It, yes, it all, everything, a lot of our personal problems. Now, again, we're going into this because we're trying to not bum you out or bum ourselves out. Yeah. By there's a great picture of things you can't change. But the things you can change, none of them are easy. But you have to fight off instant pleasures. Yeah. Uh, food, alcohol, and, it, you know, I'm not telling you to abstain from it all. I'm a, I'm drinking a hard Mountain Dew right now. Are, yeah. And, dude, shit, this whole entire podcast for many years was me getting entirely fucking tanked out of my goddamn mind. Yeah, people love it. And slurring, it. you know? And, and now, there, everything, in, the thing is, is like, you slip up, you falter, you fall, no one's perfect, but you have to fight off instant pleasure because instant pleasure leads to a sedentary lifestyle complacency it's so easy to get a dopamine fix by gorging yourself drinking uh doing illicit substances you can get prescriptions for antidepressants to trick your brain into thinking that you're feeling good all the time the hard route of doing it is to control what you eat uh exercise discipline yourself to focus on how to make yourself healthy. And once you start to become healthy, it's just not an instant fix. It takes a long time. It takes years. It's going to take you a year of going to the gym and eating better to feel like a different person. Whereas right now you could go crush 12 BLs and get Taco Bell and you'll feel great in the moment. But then tomorrow you're going to feel like shit. You just have to learn to overcome short-term pleasure for actual happiness and meanwhile you're listening to npr and they're bitching about russia and you're like they're the biggest threat and the biggest enemy well guess what we're fucking not we're probably not the biggest threat biggest enemy because all of us fat fucks and you know me included at one point you included at one point we're take care of ourselves if those dudes landed here and they just started to have combat how many of you guys would survive well, you know, that's the thing. You need to prepare for those. That's things. a little silly, but I, I do. Get I'm just saying in general, because sure. we're know? not at we're not at we're not a hand to hand combat world. No, no, no. But, but even in a, like an apocalypse scenario, like it's just better overall. And dude, this isn't a health. If you're 400 pounds and have an AK-47, this isn't it doesn't work. Sure. This isn't you a know? health podcast. And I'm not trying to preach to you guys. It's just, what we're trying to do right now. Let's circle back around to this Black Panthers thing, because. Taking care of your own, taking care of yourself getting everyone you know to work towards being happy, which does revolve around being healthy and just controlling the things you can control. Because again, the government, uh, how much food costs, how much gas costs, these are all things that we'll never have a say in. Uh, If Johnny Depp abused his wife or she abused him, that's something we'll never have a say in. Uh, None of these things we can't control. All we can control is ourselves. And that is a lot of the teaching even though some were communists, some were socialists, you had to get a grip on yourself. Yeah. You had to change yourself in order to change your community. And that's 100% believable. Now, finishing this out, uh, just back to the incarceration thing briefly. And this all ties in because like, you see what a dire state our country is in with... And this has been a through line through our podcast. I mean, we really are just disgusted by private prison the privatization of prisons uh the quote-unquote war on drugs just stepping on the poor yeah. it it is a race thing but it's not a race thing yeah i mean it just sucks that most of the the larger population of poor people in our country are black and white they they well yeah and, and the really the biggest is black because they've been the most disenfranchised well, systematically oppressed i mean not you disenfranchised know. but they 
you know, up until the 1980s, they didn't have the same shot. And that's a hard hole to climb out of. And generationally, all that trauma is still in the communities. Sure. So to claw out of that, and then on top of that, and that's what makes a lot of them have socioeconomic problems. And being in still a poor socioeconomic, even though I'm white and I'm in that, they, they got it worse than me. You just have to face the facts. Yeah. And being poor, I mean, you're a mark. And when you're a mark it's easy to convert you into a slave. I mean, there's been plenty of times when I haven't had money for food and I've had to steal food. Well, if I would have gotten caught, I could have easily been institutionalized. Sure. So that's the idea. And it's just, it's, you know, we're capitalism and the, and the country we live in is just a machine churning out profit. And they want to do that any means possible. I mean, look at a DUI. Now, are you a danger driving drunk? Technically sure. But, they could just easily take you home. Yeah. But the I, what they're really going to do is charge you $10,000 and pocket it. Yeah. When you're speeding, are you a danger? Kind of. I mean, you're driving faster. You could potentially get into a wreck if you're not paying attention because you're at an accelerated rate of speed. But that's not what they care about. What they care about is pulling you over and making $200 over a number. Yeah. So if... Laws were altruistic. It wouldn't be money. Wouldn't be a penalty. Yeah. Time wouldn't be a penalty. So that's the world we live in, and that's the Black Panthers were trying to change, and that's what George Jackson saw from his prison cell. And this is a guy who's essentially been sentenced to life for a crime he probably didn't commit. He's just black, wrong place, wrong time, poor, easy mark, easy target to feed into slavery. Today, the spirit of George Jackson haunts our incarceration nation in many prisons. Any object referencing George Jackson and the Soldat Brothers is considered contraband because you'll read his book and say, well, he can make a change by doing a sit-in. We could do that, too. Yeah. And they don't want you to know that. Yeah, there's a saying, be the change in the world you want to see. People hear that and they think it's holding up a sign and bitching about something. What it is is that you have to change the way you think. You can't change the way somebody else thinks. You can lead them to the water they got to drink it. But but you have to have your shit together before you can do anything with anybody else. And that was the whole point was like if if I if I'm you know fucking off and I'm and I'm you know in a cell all day, somebody's telling me what to do. Everything's just based around the schedule and then I see somebody going, I'm not doing that. And they have a reason behind it that actually makes sense. And then you're like, fuck, man, I got to talk to that dude. Yeah. It's like he's being the change he wants to see. What mm-hmm. What's he about? Then you learn that and then you, you just teach. Yeah. You know? And if you're not teaching, you're bitching. And that's what's dangerous to the inside. Because if they can't force you to make clothing, they're fucked. Yeah. This one hurts, dude. You're about to get hurt. Yep. I'm hurt. We're going to be hurt together. Yeah. In 2005... Then Governor of California Arnold Schwarzenegger invoked Jackson's name as one of the reasons that prison activists and radical Stanley Tukey Williams should be executed. Mm. Why? Yeah. And he was jacked. He was a bodybuilder. Yeah. How is Arnold going to swing like that? Oh yeah. Dad was in the SS. So, ladies and gentlemen of <laughs> California, a lot of you did not want to see Tukey Williams executed. 
in a lot of reasons in my mind, one of which including that he does have a 23-inch bicep. That's very impressive. It's incredible. A lot of dedication and work. I know what it takes to build a bicep that magnitude. However, one thing my father taught me is you have to eradicate the black race. <laughs> They're nothing but a cancer and a disgusting problem for the world. So if I am given the opportunity to execute another black man, I suggest we all take it. I think also, too, you know, a lot of this, the hate that Tuka gets. Because if you look at the beginning of the Crips, uh, it was based similar on what the White Panthers were. The kind of the shootings and all that shit didn't happen until way later, man. And so they, they've they uh, demonized it because these kids get involved. And we live in a town where there's a bunch of fucking fake-ass kids that think they're fucking shooting people. Yeah, well, they so, are. So they are. Every once in a while. They are, but they don't, they, they can tell you, you know, all these different principles about Crips and like what was fa- the principles that were founded on and all stuff, but they don't really live by that code. No, they don't practice it at all. Yeah. I mean, they, it's just about what This is an offshoot of, shit. and it's what America designed, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, Crips were made to serve a neighborhood. Yeah. But they were an offshoot of the Black Panthers. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they're not serving anything here. They're just doing, you know, menacing crimes. I hear kids all the time talk about the Illuminati, and I always tell them, like, "Well, crazy, you guys are doing exactly what they planned." Yeah, they planned on you to kill each other, so that way they don't have to do it. Yeah, you're a you cog know? in the wheel. You're calling off black people. You're basically part of their agenda. You are supporting them. Yeah, you know. Yeah, now that was not our most fun podcast of all time, but hopefully it was informative to you. Yeah, I think it's important, man. And I'm going to leave you with this. You can jail a revolutionary, but you can't jail a revolution. Get out there and smoke a bunch of weed. (laughs) Hit some acid. No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to give a big thanks to Fluids for writing our song. Got a lot of fun hearing the burps every week. That's all Fluids. Yeah. Huge thank you for the continued years of support from beerbongs.com. Get your war, man. You get your 20% off. A way to get. You can take. We got 25 ounce uh-huh. hard Mountain Dews in front of us. Dude, these would be insane. Now, the shotgun. A lot of people couldn't do that, but me and Buddy could take a shotgun tool and shoot this down our body. We could pour it in a beer bong and suck it down. We could buy a shotgun champ and shove it into the bottom of it and get it in our system right away. And you can do the same thing. Just head over to beerbongs.com, pick up some beer accessories. You could get a belt to hold eight of them at the same time if you yeah, want to. I think it's a six. They got eights. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Head on over there. 20% off if you use promo code DMD20. You also get free shipping. Last but not least, our newest sponsor, Gurgle and Gore. God, I got to make an Instagram point, post about this at some point. 10% off if you use promo code Gurgle and Dicks. Yep. They got the best gore grind. They got the best death metal. They got the stinkiest, most disgusting underground sounds you can ever hear. A lot of people say it's not the best label. I don't say that at all. I say it is the best label because they sponsor us, okay? And they got some really rocking albums over there, all right? You're going to want to get stoned. You're going to want to do a dab. Dabs are the strongest, most potent form of ingesting THC possible. You're going to want to do that. And put on a real stinky gore grind album, okay? This is what you're going to want to do. Because you wear sweatpants. You yeah. love to wear sweats and listen to gore grinds. Head on over to gurglinggore.com. 
Use promo code GURGLINDIGS, 10% off. Right off the top, that's what we do for you. Let's make this podcast great again, okay? Thank you. Patreon.com backslash Death Metal Detectives if you really want to support the gods. Also, if you like wrestling, check out our new podcast. Nerd Free Wrestling. Nerd Free Wrestling. Coming at you every week, hopefully, if we can keep shit in line. Yeah. Yeah, trying to get that on Apple Podcasts is the artwork. I got to get a different size of that file. I finally figured out what the issue oh, is, but God. it's on Spotify, Stitcher, everything but Apple. And you should dissent against Apple anyway. It's the man, yeah, which, of course, so is Google, but you got to get it somewhere. Yep. Google Play, you can find it over there. So, yeah, man, find Nerd Free Wrestling and pump it in your ears. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. It's this, but wrestling. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs>